Welcome to another EG Like Sunday Morning and a very special episode we have indeed. Not least uh, because we have EG LSM favourite and quiz specialist, news editor Puig Wan Man, but also as we are joined by EG's esteemed former editor, now director of market development, whatever that means, Mr. Damien Wilde. Uh, great to have you both together on this podcast at last. It's nice it's to be here. Nice to be here, yeah. Good. And uh, Damien, it's hopefully another uh, fine event in a in a, a remarkable week for you. You've, you've spent a couple of days in France uh, at MIPIM. I imagine it was a, a little bit different to normal. It certainly was. No, it, it was very enjoyable and um, certainly useful and highly interesting because it was a it was a very different event. I mean, so many things get, you know, getting to the airport and joining that other queue. Last time I went to him, you know, I could join a much more inclusive queue, getting a stamp in the passport mm-hmm. and then um, all of the COVID testing that goes on around it. So it was a it was very much more bureaucratic um, arrival. And then arriving in town, you know, my, my taxi driver said to me, which event are you here for? And uh, that doesn't normally happen. You know, there's, there's only one event in town, but you had the Can Yacht Show as well as Mipping. And yeah, I think there were, you know, numbers. And it, it's not, it's unfair to draw direct comparison because this was never going to be or intended to be a, a full March Mipping. This was the September edition. And numbers at that last one were, you know, north of 25,000 March um, 2019, uh, and this one 4,000 or so. So very much smaller, very much more continental. Um, not a great deal of British rep- representation. Bar Roma was mercifully quiet. Um, sorry, Cafe Roma was mercifully quiet. And uh, yeah, the um, you just didn't bump into people on the street, which was quite mm. odd. That's one of the um, the exciting things about Mipim, but that didn't happen. But there was plenty of Mipim-like things going on, and um, and it was a useful week. And uh, based on your return to the leader column this week, you, you managed to have some some intriguing and, and, and hopefully useful conversations, even with fewer people around. Well, being getting to write the leader again, that was far and away the most exciting <laughs> that had happened this week. I, I don't know, um, you know, whether whether Sam was on a run that day or something, and that that's what created the opportunity. But no, it was it was an honour to be back, and uh, and yeah, it, those things still happen, you know. And I and you know, I, I went to a dinner and um, you know spoke to you know someone from Europe, you know, an architect from Prague, who was really interesting to speak to, and then. And then you 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 bump into someone else from the UK and you start having a conversation that could lead somewhere or even someone internationally. And then of a couple of you know that genuinely and um, I did write this thinking I wonder if people are going to believe it. But it was that classic um, you know MIPIM opportunity where you've been trying to see someone in London for some months and <laughs> to align um, diaries and then you say how about a coffee tomorrow morning and you're both free. So. That it was it was perhaps that meeting more than anything that convinced me that um, and, you know, the sheer enjoyment of doing something in real life and uh, and seeing people um, that uh, that convinced me that um, March Mipim, I think, will be a popular event. Yeah, so you're you're, you're confident that, that UK support will will come flooding back uh, in March subject to travel restrictions and whatever might be enforced at that point yeah two caveats one is that (laughs) all other things being equal (laughs) which you just alluded to 
um, pandemics and consequences of that, of course. And then, you know, I think it would be unrealistic to expect an event of that sheer scale and other events. And, you know, we put on big events of our own. So, you know, uh, you know, we, we go through these considerations internally. I think it would be uh, unrealistic to expect a full bounce back within a year. So, you know, flooding back might not mean as many people as last time. I, to be honest, I'd be surprised if it, if it was. But I think a sizable contingent and, you know, it, it is the market. It is a it is an important aspect of the market, I should say. And I think, um, you know, from the, the noises that I heard out there and the noises that I've heard back here from some of the higher profile participants, there's, a, there's an intention to return. Um, Puy, are you hoping to join the contingent next time? Yeah, well, I mean, I've actually, um, it's sort of a slightly shameful secret, I've, I've never been to meet him. <laughs> so, well, well, nor have I, but uh, yeah. it seems more, more, in, more in your uh, line of duty than mine. But yeah, may, maybe, maybe a March debut then for you. Maybe so, maybe so. Well, yeah. I think you should make that a, a 2022 KPI. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> and yeah, EGLSM is binding uh, on, on company decisions like that. So, you know, and the one thing I've been wondering, Damien, if you, you've been there and you, you had a little bit more uh, time on your hands than normal, shall we say. So d did you manage to blag your way into the Can Yachting Festival? <laughs> Do you know, I didn't. Um, that is a shame. I, I stood on a rooftop looking down at the yachts. And, you know, I picked the one, you know, that the, the lottery numbers come off that, that I'd, I'd get. And I and I also wondered walking around the, um, the cafes, the bars and the um, and the restaurants, which were pretty full, pretty active. Um, you know who these people were, were they, um, you know, were they locals or were they yachties or were they from property? And very often, you know, that's one person you're describing. You know, a, a UK property person who lives in Cam with a yacht. You know, so it was quite it was quite hard to distinguish between them. A lot of pink trousers. Uh, in, in sheer market development terms, surely an, an EG branded yacht would be a, a wise investment. We could you could sail it up the Thames. You could you could sail it around the country to the various seaside future ofs, and and then in March you could you could sail it over to Cam. Don't think it hasn't been considered. <laughs> I think maybe an EG pink trouser is, is more in <laughs> keeping with the times. And Pui, uh, your week has been a little bit different to Damien's. Uh, and we, we've discussed on EGLSM uh, many times before how you can't spell crisis without RICS. Uh, and uh, this week very much illustrates that. Um, it's been eventful. Uh, you've had an awful lot of reading to do. So so just fill us in on, on, on what's happened with RICS this week. I will. I'll do my best to try and sum it up in a, in a, in a nutshell. Um, but uh, but yeah, Alison Levitt uh, QC has finally re released her 467 page report um, on the circumstances uh, surrounding the dismissal of four non-executives in 2019. And what it has uncovered are serious uh, governance failings uh, within RICS that if it's not fixed now, uh, in, in her own words, present a real risk that something similar could happen again. Um, so fundamentally, those four non-executives have now been um, fully exonerated um, and a public apology has been promised to them. Uh, and the Governing Council of 2019 as well, which was threatened with legal action this year after they pushed back on, on claims that they were fully informed of the situation at the time, they're also um, 
uh, assured that a public uh, apology is on the way. Um, CEO Sean Tompkins, uh, who we, we've spoken about uh, before on on uh, on this podcast, uh, President Kath Fontana and Chair of the Management Board Paul Marcuse are all stepping down um, as a result of of this as well. So currently, there's no one at the helm. Um, <laughs> But I've been flicking through the report and it turns out the events that transpired in 2019 stem from a cash shortfall at um, RICS, which forced the organisation to almost double um, a a four million pound overdraft facility in 2018. And one of the causes of this was an apparently unexpected uh, 400k discretionary bonus paid to Tompkins. Um, which uh, Levitt said was seemed to be completely unexpected and unbudgeted for. And this coincided with BDO's internal audit, which gave Ricks a no assurance rating, which is pretty much the worst uh, you can get. Um, so um, at any rate, in terms of next steps, the institution is now looking to hold an extensive external review into governance uh, and purpose and strategy, which, um, you know, um, uh, Alison Lever has suggested that this could be led by a retired civil servant of impeccable reputation. So, um, I mean, I, I would love to hear what people's thoughts are on who should come in. Answers on a postcard, please. Well, um, my mum is a retired civil servant with, as far as I'm aware, an impeccable reputation, but I, I don't think her knowledge yay. of, of uh, this <laughs> yes, area is strong enough. Um, yeah, and, and there's a, a lot of other things are going to be reviewed too. So senior executive structure and reward arrangements will be reviewed. The organisation has also said it plans to outsource whistleblowing because the process clearly went through, um, uh, you know, before internally. And uh, RICS has also vowed to be more transparent on costs and how the organisation allocates um, its spending. And there will be an additional framework as well for seeking advice from external law firms, Um as it turns out, the external legal advice on 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 this one is mired also in controversy. Um, so there are many outstanding issues here. I mean, you know, what will the new leader do? You know, there needs to be a new accountable leadership team in place with full support from members. Uh, and, you know, longer term, what's all of this going to mean for, you know, um, RICS's status as a self-regulating organisation for, for property? I mean, will, will Privy Council be looking at this? And also, does the industry even really care about RICS these days? I mean, how is it going to recover from this and reestablish that trust that it had from before? Um, the, the jury's out. I'm jumping around a lot now, but there, there's a lot to unpack, essentially, mm. from yeah. from this report. Um, as as regular listeners and regular readers of Diary will know that to, in order for me to understand things, I like to try and compare them with football, if at all possible. And I, <laughs> I, I can't help but re- be reminded of, of, of FIFA, which is another global governance organisation that has been rocked in recent years by uh, scandal and criticism. And, and as with FIFA, it, it is a, a little bit difficult to, to envision or to see how these massive global organisations could be replaced. So I, I guess the, um, really they've just got to kind of ride out the storm and, and find 
a way to continue in, in the manner that you, you were talking of. But um, just throwing this open to, to both of you, because you're both obviously connected to, to major players in the industry and, and, and we'll see social media reactions. What, have you, what, what has the industry reaction been like uh, so far uh, in respect of the findings and, and of course, the resignations? Well, I guess there, there does seem to still be a kind of fear that RICS will end up sweeping the issue under the carpet, even as sincere an update as, um, you know, as this week's um, update was from RICS. I mean, it seemed sincere, really sincere in indicating an intent to fix its issues and to be more transparent. And the report was pretty damning too. But actually following through with actions over the next months or the next few months or even years to demonstrate things will change. I mean, they will really need to be held to account on everything that they've said and everything they said they'll do, which I guess is, um, you know, maybe partly down to us as well to keep that pressure <laughs> on. Um, but yeah, I think there are still a lot of elements at play here. The, the leadership kind of void that's been mm. left behind is a concern and financial issues, where them, where membership fees are going, that's still not very clear at all. That's another thing that um, the RACS has pledged to look at. But um, but yeah, as 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 Levitt noted in her report, you know, there's there's much which remains to be done, I think. And there's a, we're only just at the start of it, really. And I think unhappiness with RICS goes back more than a decade, doesn't it? Probably a, a long time before that. I first, you know, I remember my um, my inbox and it was a physical inbox when I joined <laughs> 12 years ago would be full of complaints about fees, about overseas expansion, about focus on the UK, um, you know, purpose, all, all of those things, which are perhaps, you know, which aren't perhaps so directly reflected in the headlines from this report, but, you know, will have uh, contributed to the steps that, that led to it. So I think there will be, you know, the, the the big agents who are you know it's Rick's principal funders in the UK certainly probably around the world as well will be asking uh, some pretty fundamental questions but it still has a purpose there's still a, a need for it it might meet, need to refocus it's certainly going to have uh, new leadership and I think it's interesting the the FIFA parallel that you, <laughs> you Jess and it's perhaps slightly unfair I think there's been more yeah, <laughs> there's been more serious allegations. Uh, not to play down these, but more serious allegations levelled at, at FIFA than, than Rick's. But there are perhaps parallels with um, Reba or the Law Society, which has, um, you know, had which have had various problems over the years around governance and around representation and around purpose. But as Pui says, it's going to be a, a big job to um, to put it right. You know, a new broom is a very good thing, but an absence of people at the top mm. you know can mean um can mean progress might not be as quick as as i think everyone inside and outside would like they'll, they'll have to presumably find some pretty brave souls willing to to grab that broom and, and sit at the top table it's not necessarily uh, a job that, that that's going to be tremendously appealing right now i wouldn't have thought that sort of job uh, there are people who it appeals to. <laughs> well, true. There are, there are fixers out there who um, I think you could come in and, you know, and come out looking pretty good in three, four, five years time if, if, if it's the right person with the right support and able to execute well. True enough. Uh, and now at that point, we, we, we should uh, uh, come to the, the real reason Damien is here, because I, I know you've been champing at the bit for an opportunity to take part in the EG Like Sunday Morning 
quiz of the week, Damien. Do you know when Sam asked me to come on here? I think last week was it? Or was it the week? Okay, it was a, three weeks ago, I think. Three doesn't time fly? That's that's what Lippin does to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made it a condition. You know, my my agent spoke to her agent. <laughs> a condition of appearance, no quiz, but no such luck this time. Uh, well, I've gone I've gone relatively easy, uh, and so it, it is uh, just in case you uh, you need a refresher. It is a mini penalty shootout format. Uh, there's no uh, reward other than glory for for stealing uh, an opponent's uh, answer if they get it wrong. Um, and uh, yeah, so Damien, uh, as, as you're making your quiz debut, I'll let you choose. Would you like the odd or the even numbers? Pui, which should I do? You're the expert. Oh, uh, no, no, I, I defer to you entirely. <laughs> it's up to you. I'm going to go even. You're going to go even. Okay. My heart is beating like <laughs> like I've not felt it before. I'm terrified. It, 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 I, I think it, it, it is akin to lining up uh, at Wembley in front of 80,000 fans. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> penalty number one, three. Which developer has received a stern letter from lawyers this week? Um, that would be the High Street Group. Indeed, it is the High Street Group. 1-0 to Puy, uh, facing allegations from Edmund de Rothschild, REIM, that it hotly contests, I should point out. See the magazine and website for details. OK, Damien, your first question. Why has retail and leisure partner Rob Asbury left Montague Evans? I know this one. That's a, that's a relief. This, <laughs> it was Portastic or something, wasn't it? Um, Pui, he's off to do a, a zoology degree at the University of Roehampton. Oh, wow. Even loaded with detail as well. So, yeah, that is yeah. that, no, just, just the one point. But uh, one, one. OK, Pui, the missing words question for you. Uh, London finally blanks back to the office. Can you fill in the blank? London finally blanks back to the office. Uh, returns? Uh, it is. It's, it, Damien, do you happen to know? Is it limps? <laughs> it is, it, a little bit more confident than that. It is flocks back to the office. We, we uh, apparently, uh, there was talk this week of a, a September moment, uh, I believe. And uh, well, I, I, I know, on Monday and Friday, which perhaps isn't the busiest day, but I wanted to avoid Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday because I hear there's an acronym around that. I believe there is, that, that Sam has, has, has uh, spelt out for us on, on, on a previous episode for you like Sunday morning. We um, won't, of course, thanks. repeat it here. Uh, so, Damien, your missing word question. Blank to get new 8,000-seat stadium. Blank to get new 8,000-seat stadium. Damien takes a 2-1 lead. OK. Final round of questions, which is, of course, the diary round of questions, made slightly more difficult this week because uh, your good selves provided most of the content for the diary page this week. So, ignoring Rob Asbury and Mipim, uh, we... And also ignoring London, what is the most valuable house number on the market? Um, oh, so I, I remember this because of the Blink-182 throwback reference you, you stuck in there. Is it 23? It isn't 23. Is it not? Ignoring London, the most valuable house number on the market, Damien is holding up a single finger, which what? I suspect means... Number one, nationally. Okay, and... We, you, uh, well, slightly harder, Damien. Which is the most valuable house number in the capital? Oh. <laughs> Was that? 57. 
Fortunately, Damien was not paying attention to Pui. Uh, it is, in fact, <laughs> oh, Pui. Shit. What is the most valuable house number in the capital? <laughs> 23. It is, it is. All of which means, by my maths, Damien does actually triumph by two to one. So well done. Your very first quiz performance, and you've toppled possibly the, the finest quiz competitor in the history of EG Light Sunday Morning. Congratulations. Just that ridiculous answer at the end. <laughs> and, a, and a word that may or may not be edited out. Fails all round. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thank you very much uh, for joining me for, for to discuss uh, MIPIM and RICS. Uh, I hope you uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks. And you. Me too, as well. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Uh, Thanks, Boyd. Uh, you have been listening to EG Like Sunday Morning. <laughs>